بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على النبي الامي برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين الحمد لله ود الفضل من الله سبحانه وتعالى in this discussion regarding Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wassalam one of the chapters that mention Isa alayhi salam in great detail that we discussed is surah al imran many chapters of the quran kareem discuss Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wassalam he's mentioned in kalamullah azza wa jal no less than 25 times Interestingly, Quran Kareem mentions that Allah Ta'ala says, Inna mathala Isa inda Allahi ka mathali Adam. Isa alayhi salam's parable by Allah is like Adam alayhi salam. So, in regards to this parable and similitude, mathal also means similitude, Allah mentions both of these great Anbiya alayhi salam the same amount of times in Kalamullah Azza wa Jal. Hazrat Maryam, alayhi salam is mentioned in the bible 18 times but in quran kareem no less than 32 times another chapter that discusses great de- detail about hazrat isa alayhi salam is surah maida one aspect highlighted here is the tablecloth and this is concerning a dua hazrat isa alayhi salam made to allah due to the request of his people his disciples actually then made a request to him O oh, Hazrat Isa alayhi salam, ask Allah. So interestingly, this chapter of the Quran Kareem mentions the Sahaba of Hazrat Isa alayhi salam. In verses 112, إِذْ قَالَ الْحَوَارِيُّونَ يَا عِيْسَ بَنَ مَرْيَمُ When the Hawariyun addressed Hazrat Isa alayhi salam, هَلْ يَسْتَطِيعُ رَبُّكَ أَنْ يُنَزِّلَ عَلَيْنَا مَائِدَةً مِنَ السَّمَاءِ قَالَتْ تَقُوا اللَّهَ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ The Hawariyun, this refers to the disciples, the helpers of Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. And this also refers to their piety and their clean-heartedness and so forth. Because the companions of Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam, every Nabi's companions were people who were special and pious. And the companions of Anbiya alayhi salam were protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But interestingly, we learn one very important lesson here that I would mention. That the Hawariyun asked Hazrat Isa alayhi salam for the sign. Hal Doesn't mean a challenge that Allah can't do it. What it means is a request that, can you request Allah ta'ala to do this for us? To send down this ma'ida. Now when speaking to our colleagues and associates who are Christian, explain to them, you know this chapter of the quran Kareem. Chapter 5 is named Ma'idah. It refers to the table cloth that Isa salam prayed to Allah to feed the people. And this table cloth, this dastarkhan, laden with food. So a table cloth in general in Arabic is called sufra. But when it actually has food on it, it's called Ma'idah. With food it came down. Historically it's mentioned what was on, on the, 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 the food uh, tablecloth. It was fish, it was bread, there's different reports of what was on there, but there was a lot of food. And so many people partook of the meal. But when they made this request to Hazrat Isa alayhi salam, he said, fear Allah, if you are believers. They said, we want to partake of this meal. So this justifies their request, that we want to partake of the meal and we want to strengthen our iman. And this is the reason we want to bear testimony for you in front of the people that we saw this miracle. Even though they saw so many miracles of Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wasalam, but the companions wanted to enjoy this miracle as well. 
So Hazrat Isa salam made this dua, but it seems he didn't want to just arrange such a miracle. Because what happens is, when the people demand a miracle, the test becomes greater. And something else we learn from here is that the Sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam never demanded miracles. They believed in whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam brought and this is highlighted in Surah Baqarah in Aman al-Rasul, these verses, the last verses, the concluding verses of Surah Baqarah, this shows the Iman of Sahaba radiallahu anhum. قَالُوا سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا غُفْرَانَكَ رَبَّنَا وَإِلَيْكَ الْمَصِيرِ So Sahaba radiallahu anhum never demanded this. But Hazrat Isa alayhi salam knew that this is a request of the people, the intentions were sincere, but their ranking in being Sahaba radiallahu anhum, in comparison to the Sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi salam, is clear. But something interesting is these verses do speak of the Sahaba and the disciples of Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu And Allahu Akbar, Allah sent down this Ma'idah. And many, many people were fed from there. And the disciples also partook of the meal. And this was a clear sign for, to, to, to express to the people the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the Nabi of Allah alayhi salatu In the Bible, a very similar incident is mentioned or alluded to is, and it's known as the Last Supper. Interestingly, in other historical reports, there's also other mention of Hazrat Isa salam with some disciples. Like one particular incident is very interesting. Hazrat Isa salam was with one individual. So obviously, he was a very ascetic Nabi of Allah, like every Anbiya were abstinent in this world. Hazrat Isa salam had no inclination to the world whatsoever. And he advocated this to his people. And the people were very, very opulent. So at times he was very strict with them. And in many, many of the addresses of Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wasalam to the Bani Israel, it shows their pride and their arrogance and their opulence. And he tried to bring them onto the truth. And a lot of them refuted because of their pride and arrogance. But anyway, there was one occasion where Hazrat Isa alayhi salam was traveling with this one individual. And they had with them three loaves of bread, or understand it as three rotis. And as they traveled, they stopped and halted. Hazrat Isa alayhi salam remained in prayer for a while. But as when people travel together, when they partake of meals, they should partake together. And this is a very important lesson. Don't just, don't just partake without... Uh, you know, requesting permission of one's companion, especially one's amir and leader, who would be Hazrat Isa alayhi salam. So as Hazrat Isa alayhi salam completed the prayer and the container in which the food was kept, he noticed that one loaf of bread was, was, was eaten. So he asked his companion, not that he didn't want this to happen, but he wanted to teach him a lesson. Who partook the other loaf? What happened to the one loaf? He said, I do not know. So this individual was lying. And this upset Hazrat Isa alayhi salam. So he wanted to teach him a lesson. So as they continued, Hazrat Isa alayhi salam comes across this river. And he holds his companion by the hand. And taking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name, they cross over the waters. This was a miracle. So this man, in shock, questioned, how did you do such a thing? Hazrat Isa alayhi salam said to him, first tell me who partook of the loaf and then I will notify you. He said, I do not know. So he was still not prepared to confess. Anyway, they continued. 
few other miracles happen on the way and they get to one point where Hazrat Isa alayhi salam wanted to show this person that dunya means nothing, it has no value. Why should we lie concerning something so valueless as the dunya? So they come to a point where there was three boulders and these boulders were of gold, golden rocks, golden boulders, pure gold. So Hazrat Isa alayhi salam wants to teach him a lesson that in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of this, everything above dust is dust. Everything above soil is soil. Whether it is that brand new car or the latest phone or the most palatial home and the most expensive thing of this world, it is dust. Every home, every abode, everything of luxury, even if it's prolonged, its lifespan is prolonged with Allah's leave, it'll end up in destruction and decrepit ruin and remains. So he poses this question, Who's this? who does this belong to? Hazrat Isa salam says, okay, you take one, I'll take one, and the one who partook of the, the third loaf, he will have the third one. And then he was prepared to succumb because of his lust for dunya. So he says, no, it was me, it was me. Hazrat Isa salam says, in that case, you prefer these things over such pious company, over the Nabi of Allah, what you do, take all of it. And Hazrat Isa salam then said, in that case, when you take these things, you will not be allowed to remain in my company. And they continued. And Hazrat Isa salam left, and this individual now, he is not worried about such pious company. So we learn in life, there will be opportunities for us to be with pious people. And... To, to do good deeds and the test of dunya will come. What do we want to prefer? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us. This dunya is valueless. This dunya has no value. And when we prioritize the dunya, we will definitely lose out in this world and the next. Don't make this dunya the goal. Don't make this dunya the purpose. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed us in the Quran Kareem to like the certain things of this world but it must not be made priority and the objective because this is necessity this is baruriyat and what is necessity must be dealt with in, this, in, in, in the same manner it is a necessity it is not the objective and the purpose and the goal like when one goes to relieve himself he doesn't spend his entire life in the restroom relieving himself that is just a need when we finish with that we come back to the goal and the purpose and the objective an example to understand this is that individual who had a beautiful farm with you know this flock and he had these cows and he had a wonderful little son and he had this milking cow that gave him so much of milk. But at one time, his son got ill. So he said, oh Allah, if you cure my son, I'll, you know, slaughter a few cows or sheep and I'll feed the people. Alhamdulillah, that is something sensible. It's something that one should do. And also charity brings the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what any good individual, normal sane person would do. But what would you say about that individual who, one day now, this farmer was such, and just for understanding's sake, if you don't want to understand the example of the farmer, take it as one industrialist, or a businessman, or a property owner, whatever one's faculty may be. So what happens with him one day is his milking cow 
became ill. The cow that was giving him 10, 15 liters of milk and he used to enjoy that milk. So one day that cow became ill and it was no longer lactating or giving him milk. And this hurt him very much. So what he says is, Naudu Billah, he says, Oh Allah, if you cure this cow, I'll slaughter my child, my son. What this man is doing now is totally unsensible, nonsensical, and really foolish. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. How can you slaughter and sacrifice your son because your cow is ill? One is, so to say, your objective, for which you are working so hard many a time, and the other is just a necessity and a need. How foolish would it be to slaughter one's child for one's flock of sheep or one's cow? So anyway, what, and if one ends up doing such a thing, one has to actually then be sent to the insane asylum. What should we understand from here is that one can sacrifice a need, a sideline, a necessity for his goal and purpose and objective. But the goal and the purpose and the objective and the priority can never be forsaken for any necessity or need. So what we understand from here is Allah's deen, Allah's obedience, Allah's orders, and upholding Allah's deen and the establishing of Allah's deen is the goal, the purpose, the objective. And everything around that is just but needs and necessities that are not the priority. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to understand. So as this individual was left there, because now he prioritized that gold in front of or before the, the companionship of Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. So Hazrat Isa alayhi salam departed from there and left him. As this man was sitting there with this concern, because this is what dunya does to you. He's now in worry, how am I going to transport this home? And as he was sitting behind this whole uh, matter, three people went past. And they see one man with so much of gold, they just killed him. They used their treachery and they killed him, ended his life, and now they are now sitting with the gold. And now their concern is how are they going to take this home. But what dunya makes a person do? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allah mentions examples of this world in Surah Zukhruf, the embellishments and the pleasures of this worldly life and how treacherous it can be and how deadly it is when one prioritizes it. Anyway, as these three were sitting there, they said, okay, before we carry this home, we need some strength and so forth. So the two appointed one to go to the marketplace in one nearby town, arrange a meal, and they'll partake of the meal, and then they'll part ways. As he went along to arrange this meal, he's thinking to himself, why do I have to share such valuables with such people, with them? Let me just arrange such a system where they can die and I'll have all three for myself. And on this side, the two are thinking, why must we share something so valuable with this individual? Why don't we put an end to him? So as he returns, he put poison in the food. As he arrives, their plan was to end him off. So they kill him. And then they sit to partake of the meal. And then as they partake of that meal, because it was laced with poison, they also died. So all of them were now laying their dead next to this dunya. And this is how treacherous this dunya is. And especially for the one who chases and runs behind it. As Hazrat Isa alayhi salam returned and he went via that route to teach his disciples a lesson and they see these valuable boulders of gold 
understand someone with you know lofty lofty skyscrapers and if it takes him away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is the same example anything that takes us away from Allah is a disaster is a failure of the test and the examination Hazrat Isa alayhi salam passes there and he sees the scene and he says to his disciples that this is the parable of the world this in front of you is the parable of the world and this it is what it does to anyone who hankers behind it as the friend of Allah says what he says so beautifully dunyakum habiba bihusniha wa tiba lakinnaha ghaddara khadda'atun gharrara laysa laha habibu tufarriqul ahbaba tushattitul atraba harbun liman salamaha tamalluman nazamaha he said you may love the world habiba with all its embellishments and delicacies and glory but in actual fact if you look closely it is but deceptive it will destroy you it scatters the beloveds it it separates siblings and contemporaries one who wants to make peace with it actually it will wage war against him and the one who hankers behind it it will get tired of him and he and her would get tired of it it has no beloveds it loves no one but itself that's why subhanallah the quran kareem mentions refers to this world as dunya and Mufassirin expressed the meaning of dunya. What is dunya? Subhanallah. Dunya comes from the word dana yadnu, which means to be close. So it refers to something that people keep very close to them because they see it in front of them. But it's not actually close. And the other root letters of dunya is, is daniya yadna. And that means to be very, very low and despicable. So dunya is the, 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 the feminine of Adna, which means the lowest, the thing that has the least value. So what we learn from here, when we use it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we understand the objective of why we have it, then we pass the test, and it becomes ibadah. It becomes a means of reward, because it is a gift of Allah to serve Allah's deen. But when, we, when it takes us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our goal and our purpose, then it is what is, it is what, it is what, it is the most despicable and the lowest thing. On one occasion, Hazrat Isa alayhi salam expressed the parable of the dunya like an old woman that is totally hagged and finished and totally wrinkled and disfigured. But she is dressed in the clothing of the most beautiful bride and she's covered from head to toe with everything glamorous and uh, glittering and she's covered totally and everyone is chasing behind her but no one can actually catch up to her and finally he takes his disciples closer and he shows them the reality of the dunya and when the dunya is exposed and they see what is behind those, those, those veils and those glamorous, beautiful decorations, they realize how despicable, how despicable. Allah's beloved وسلم, expressed these sentiments to his beloved Sahaba عنهم, and his Ummah on so many occasions. And every opportunity Allah's Nabi وسلم, taught these lessons to his Ummah. He passed by an old goat, this goat that had died. And it had died some time ago, so it bloated and its hooves were raised up, up, upwards, skywards. In this interesting hadith of Hazrat Sahal bin Sa'ad radiallahu anhu, 
And another similar report by Hazrat Mustawrid ibn Shaddad radiallahu Interesting Sahabi's name, Hazrat Mustawrid radiallahu He says, I was with this delegation of Sahaba radiallahu anhum and we were with Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and we passed this lamb that had totally been cast aside, it had been thrown away. And the other report mentions that some time had passed, so it seems to be different incidents. Some time had passed that actually it had raised its feet towards the skies. So Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa halted and then said to his Sahaba radiallahu Do you think that this old dead lamb has any value to its owners? So Sahaba radiallahu responded and said, O oh, Nabi of Allah, that's impossible. Why would they cast it aside? Why would they throw it away like this? Allah's Nabi says that would any of you want it in one report? How much would you pay for this? They said, O oh, Nabi of Allah, no one would want this for free as well. So Allah's Nabi, seeing the scene of this goat that had died and a stench was emanating from it, a severe, severe stench and its sight was so despicable. And he sees the expression of those around him. He says, how you despise this year, this dunya, let dunya ahwanu ala Allah min hadihi ala ahliha. This dunya is more despicable, is more lowly before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the manner that you despise and look towards this rotten, old, decrepit lamb or goat. On one report, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was resting on a straw mat. And obviously it affected the body of Rasulullah So we said, O oh, Nabi of Allah, this is hurting you. Can we put for you some cushion, something to protect you from this? Allah's Nabi said, what do I have with this world? Ma ana with dunya. Inna ma ana with dunya karakibin. My parable and that of this world is like a traveler who takes shelter under the shade of a tree and then he departs and leaves it. That's how we're going to leave this world. In another report, but same from the Sahabi Mustawrid radiallahu anhu. He says, I heard Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa say that the parable of this world, world in comparison to the year after is like when a person places his finger into the ocean. He should analyze and look and see, look closely. What can you take with your thumb or finger from the ocean? Not even a droplet. And even that droplet returns into the ocean. So this is the similitude and the parable of this dunya in comparison to akhirah. There is no comparison whatsoever. This world is short-lived. It has no value. In the hadith of Hazrat Abu Hurairah, Allah's Nabi said, This entire world is accursed. A dunya mal'oona. And everything in it is cursed. Subhanallah, everything in this world is cursed. It's a cursed place. It's not worth it. It's not worth the trouble. Then the hadith states, Illa dhikrullah. Everything besides dhikrullah in this dunya is cursed. Then the hadith continues, Wama wala. And everything attached to dhikrullah. Then the hadith says, O aliman, O mutaaliman. And what else is not cursed is he who imparts Allah's deen, teaches others Allah's deen, and he who loves and aspires to learn Allah's deen. But let's go back to the first part of the hadith. This world and all its components is accursed. Illa dhikrullah wa ma wala. What is saved from this curse is dhikrullah and everything connected to the dhikr of Allah. So we learn that if our homes make us make dhikrullah and we remember Allah and our home is connected to dhikrullah, that is 
out of this curse. Our businesses are connected to dhikrullah and for the deen of Allah. Dhikrullah also means the deen of Allah, to take the name of Allah, to uplift the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If our car is to remember Allah and to serve Allah's deen, serve Allah's people, it comes out of this curse. So if we want to come out of this curse, we have to connect everything to Allah's deen and for Allah's sake and use it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's people, Allah's creation. Because Al-Khulqu Iyalullah, all the creation are dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one translation is like the family of Allah. Not that Allah Ta'ala has family. What it means is like one depends on one's family members. In the same way and more so everyone depends on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the hadith says, from all Allah's creation, who is most beloved to Allah? He who is kind to Allah's dependents and family. Allah give us tawfiq so that what we have, we should make it part of dhikrullah and enable and, and connect it to the deen of Allah, then it is out of that curse. Allah give us tawfiq. On one occasion, Hazrat Isa alayhi salam, as he was traveling with his disciples, they passed an area where there was a highway robber who sees Hazrat Isa alayhi salam. And on seeing Hazrat Isa alayhi salam, his heart was touched and he wanted to repent and he wanted to change his life. And as he approaches Hazrat Isa alayhi salam, now look at the scene. This is a man filled with sin, filled with wrong, with a very, very deadly past. And now he sees Hazrat Isa alayhi salam and he walks and marches towards him with correct intentions, with intentions to change. And as he arrives closer to Hazrat Isa alayhi salam, and this is the beauty of the pious people, being in their company, just looking at them makes a person want to change. In one hadith, Sahaba asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa whose company should we keep? Allah's Nabi said, Man He who, on seeing him, his sight reminds us of Allah. And when he speaks to you, you make intentions and determinations to do more good deeds. And his actions remind one of the hereafter. That is the company that we should aspire to be in. So he approaches Hazrat Isa with correct intentions of changing his life and repentance and regret over his past. And one of those who were next to or nearby Hazrat Isa who spent years in his company, the thought crosses his mind that what does this individual want to do with us? Such a despicable person, such a lowly person. And the thought sometimes crosses the mind. Look at this person, how is he dressed? How can he come here? Sometimes a person, sometimes one sincerely wants to change. And you and I look down upon that individual. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. Allah's beloved sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that he who despises one concerning a crime that he had already repented from, he despises one, belittles one, and reminds him of crimes that that individual repented from. The hadith states that such an individual will not die until he perpetrates the same crime. Help people change. Help them against shaitan and not vice versa. When this scene took place, in the company of Hazrat Isa salam, that as this one who sinned his entire life comes to Hazrat Isa salam, and the one who was in his company belittled that individual, Allah sent Hazrat Jibreel alayhi salam. O Isa alayhi salam, notify both men that they should both 
restart their good deeds. Hazrat Isa salam asked for an elaboration and he was notified that the, the, the sinner who repented over his past regretfully came to you to change his life. Allah has forgiven his past. He must now start a life of obedience and Allah consciousness and Allah's ibadah. And that individual who was with you and spent a lot of time with you but because he belittles Allah's creation and despises some other person who's trying to change and repent, his good deeds are also wiped out. Because we learn in the ahadith, among the deeds that are most dangerous and, and most despicable in the sight of Allah is that of pride. And where one cannot accept the truth that is presented to him, so pride and arrogance, looking down upon others, and refusal to accept truth. That is pride. Allah save us. Something else about Hazrat Isa salam that we all should know as Muslims, because this is part of the Quran Kareem. Whenever Allah mentions Isa salam, Allah couples with that discussion Hazrat Yahya salam, and vice versa. So they are relatives, and also that they were born in a very similar time. Hazrat Yahya salam's mother says to Hazrat Maryam salam, that you know, I notice what is in my stomach is showing a lot of respect and adoration for what is in your stomach. So we learn that they were born in a very similar time and the Quran mentions them together because the lesson in them is both amongst many lessons it, there's also a lesson showing Allah's greatness. That like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Hazrat Isa alayhi salam without any male intervention. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Hazrat Yahya alayhi salam in a manner that was also miraculous because both his parents were of a very advanced age. When the beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam undertook the journey of hijrah, and he went to meet the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam in the different heavens. He found Hazrat Yahya alayhi salam and Hazrat Isa alayhi salam together there as well. But we also learn that Hazrat Isa alayhi salam's status is of greater seniority and greatness. Even though both are very special as Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam and both have their specialities. Interestingly, in the Bible it's mentioned that Yahya alayhi salam was the Baptist, Al-Ma'madan, and he used to baptize the people and so forth. But there is somewhat contradiction because it shows that, meaning in the Bible, that Yahya alayhi salam baptized Hazrat Isa alayhi salam. And it's clear in their books that the one who baptizes is more superior and more senior. So sometimes we can ask them that who is greater and they will obviously say, Hazrat Isa alayhi salam is greater. Then we can ask, how come it was John and Yahya alayhi salam who had to baptize Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wasalam when Hazrat Isa alayhi salam is of seniority and greatness and piety. There's also a very interesting hadith in Sunan al-Tirmidhi by Al-Harith al-Ash'ari radiyallahu anhu. He says, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam instructed Hazrat Yahya alayhi salam, Yahya bin Zakariya, bi kalimatin, to carry out the message of five lessons, five lessons that he should practice and, con and advocate to the Bani Israel. Ay biha wa bani Israel an biha. 
And as time went on, Hazrat Yahya alayhi salam, he did not convey this message yet. So Allah told Hazrat Isa alayhi salam to fulfill this command. So Hazrat Isa alayhi salam said to Hazrat Yahya alayhi salam, Allah commanded you regarding five lessons and messages, five messages that you should practice and advocate to Bani Israel. You either do so or else I'm going to have to do so. So Yahya salam said, Oh Hazrat Isa salam, I fear if you had to fulfill this task, I would be punished and the earth would be sunken beneath me and I would be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let me fulfill this task immediately. He gathered everyone in Baytul Maqdis. The masjid was filled to the brim. The report actually says, even the side balconies of the masjid and the different sections of the masjid were filled with all of the people. And then he stands up to present this message. Allah has advocated and commanded me to carry out five important practices. To practice them and to command you and advocate them to you. The first is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with wahdaniyat and tawheed. Worship Allah alone without ascribing partners unto him. And then he presents a parable. For the one who ascribes a partner unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like he who purchases a slave. He purchases a slave from his own money, either gold, either silver. And then he takes his slave. This is something he owns. And this was something common in the past. So he takes the slave and he says, this is my store and this is my work. So I want you to do this work and present the income and the payment to me. Meaning whatever you sell, whatever we make from here must be given to me. What he does now is he starts working and whatever income he acquires, he gives it to someone else. Then the Nabi of Allah, Hazrat Yahya salam, said, who would accept such a thing that his own slave works in his own business and the income is given to someone else? We would not accept such a thing. Would one accept it that you have someone working in your store as a salesman and every time there's people coming to purchase, he actually sends them away to other people's stores. Even that too we won't accept. More so when it comes to one's own slave. Imagine another example. A person come home and his comes home and his wife is with someone else. So different examples we can analyze and see how despicable is shirk in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Yahya salam then says, and Allah instructs you to perform salah. Because when you perform salah, you communicate with Allah. So in your salah, do not turn your attention to anything or anyone else. Because Allah pays special attention to his servant as long as that servant exerts himself to conscientize himself in salah. So the second lesson is the importance of conscientizing ourselves and perfecting our salah with concentration and devotion. And Allah's Nabi said, and stick to the unity of the ummah. That's why we are called Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. The followers of the Sunnah and the congregation of Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, the galaxy of Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, stick to the unity of the Ummah. 
Because he who separates from the unity of the Ummah, even to the extent of one hand span, he is ripping the rope of Islam that is around his neck and protecting him. Unless he comes back to the unity of the Ummah and the Muslims. Then Allah's Nabi said, And he who calls the slogans of Jahiliyyah, be wary of that, because that is the coal and the fuel of hellfire. And a man said, O Nabi of Allah, if one performs his salah and fasts, so these two practices of Islam is part and parcel of his life, but yes, he has this sort of jahiliyyah in him, in a form of racism, tribalism, that, it's, that he just favors his own, and he only, and he despises all other kinds of people of different languages and races and colors and nationalities. So he performs salah and he fasts, but jahiliyat is still in him. Allah's Nabi said, even if he may fast and perform salah, he will still enter Jahannam if he does not rid himself from racism and tribalism and despising others due to color, race and nationality. Then Allah's Nabi said, do not call the slogans of Jahiliyyah, but call the slogans of Allah who has named you and called you Muslims and Mu'mins, O servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah give us tawfiq. This was advisors presented by Hazrat Yahya alayhi salam with Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wasalam.